Welcome to Chatman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. And everybody in the world watched the wrong Wonder Woman movie. Yes. Oh my yes, God. A million percent. Okay. Uh, I should have checked my Instagram before we got on here. Clara saw my post when we were watching it and she's like, oh, I've never heard of this. I'm going to go see this. And she's one of my... Doctor. Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman? She'd yes. never heard of it? No, she'd never even heard of it. And she's one of my strong, intelligent feminist friends. So I really wanted to get her opinion and I forgot to check. I, she hit me up this we morning. We should have seen this in theaters. We should I have. I knew it was coming out and I wanted to see it. We it got a really limited release. Okay, so what we're doing today is we talked, we did a very long, involved um, review of Wonder Woman, the DC movie. Um, and after we were done, we yeah. If you've listened to our review, um, you know what we thought of it. If you didn't, we both had a very lackluster response to the movie, and we were confused by the the, the hullabaloo around it, mm-hmm. surrounding it, the hoopla, if you will. Um, so this movie's been on our radar for a really long time. Uh, it's called Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. It came out at about the same time, I think, shortly, shortly after. Shortly after, yeah. Um, I didn't write down the director. You have your phone nearby. Oh, if you want to IMDb, sure. who directed it? It's Angela. Somebody, I, 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 oh, another female director. Yeah, I meant, oh, I, I meant it. to write her name down, but okay, um, yeah, give me one second. It stars Luke Evans as Professor Marston. Oh my God, everybody in this movie is hot. Rebecca Hall as um, other Professor Marston, his wife, and uh, Bella. She never gets. She never her does doctorate. So she never she still misses. Right, so um, Mrs. Marston, um, and Bella Heathcote as uh, what's her name? It's been it's been a couple days since we watched it. We Olive, we got. Wait, was she a professor? Was she an ad- adjunct professor? She gets. She's his assistant. Okay, and she so does she's not. She does have a degree a in psychology from the sister school of Harvard, but she's always saying Harvard, like just own it. Come on, I right. got my fucking degree from Harvard, but they won't give her a degree because she's a woman. Um. So yep, director and writer. Angela Robinson. Angela Robinson. I was going to say um, Bassett, but uh, that's an actress. Angela Bassett, Bassett, Bassett is an actress. So Angela Bassett. Robinson directed this. Um, so another Wonder Woman movie written and directed by a woman, although the DC one was primarily written by men and directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. This one's written and directed by a woman. And Bird, general thoughts. Oh my God. This movie, oh my god, how many stars can I give this movie? What's the limit? Because like, I'm going to go over it. When we saw five stars on Voodoo, I was like, fuck that. This is like a 16 star. It's, yeah. This movie is incredible. I people, I think maybe it came across as a little hyperbolic when I did it on Instagram. Because basically every time I watch a movie, I'm like, this is the best movie ever made. This is my favorite movie that I can remember seeing for like the last five years. I, yeah. We both cried several times. I'm, and you're with me on this. I was like trying not to cry, oh but the very, because I had to go to work afterwards. Right. But at the very end, I just, I couldn't not. And yeah, well, I think that that same day, I think that same day I went to work and I had a, yeah. I thought about both. it all day at work. So did I. I've actually been thinking about it for like three days. Yeah. And I'm really glad that we bought it rather than rent it because I yes. want to watch it again. I, I do too. I do too. <sighs> um, so I would definitely give this like honestly a 10 out of 10 stars or a five out of five stars like this 
This film is, is exceptional. This film is superlative. This like we watch a lot of movies together because I am a movie geek, like a film nerd. Um, but I think this is one of the few times where I think we're both on the same page. Yeah, and this is really, really not the kind of film that I gravitate towards naturally. No. I don't like dramas. Right, and this is a drama. It's almost it's also kind of like a romance. I think mm-hmm. part of what made you like the like the the film it was the the twist on the romance, like yeah, the, the conventional like, nature of it, kind of the fantasy setting. Yeah, I, or like it, you know, um, it's the the birth of Wonder Woman, and that intrigues me. Before we get too far into the specifics, um, do you ahead. want the do you want the rating? Yeah. Um, IMDb seven point one out of ten. Okay. Uh, Metascore. I don't know what Metascore is, but it's a sixty eight. That's another uh, basic film ranking. There's thing. no um, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes. Ranking on this. One. Um, go go and find Wonder Woman and see what that is. It's oh, sure. hold on. Was it seventy one? Did you say? Give me those numbers. 68? Oh, 7.1 and 68. 7.1. Okay, I want to compare it to Wonder Woman because I have a sneaking, heartbreaking suspicion oh, that it's not going to be as good. Great. Um, we don't have to, we're not going to talk about Wonder Woman because we did two hours on it and it's, we, our feelings are very clear and well delineated and you can go listen to those two episodes. What I want to do after we get these scores, after Bird finds us the scores, do you have them? Mm-hmm. Okay, Wonder Woman is? 7.5. 7.5 and Metacritic? 76 that's bullshit it's that's totally absolute bullshit. bullshit that i this was uh i'm gonna say highly it. superior movie I'm, in every way i'm gonna say it and i'm gonna say it because you are sitting here i and i don't think i could get away with it if you weren't brainwashing here. no i was talking to a friend of I was, star power well, i was talking to carl we he had to do a podcast with him and we were talking because we we all we do over there is do like in-depth geeky nerdy reviews of films or or discussions about films appreciate films can you are you with me yeah i'm sorry i'm just looking at the the credits um there was only the one director and only the one writer on professor she marsden did it yeah all she herself. did the whole shebang but what i was saying about wonder woman Wonder Woman, not Wonder Women, Wonder Woman, the DC one, was part of me thinks, because you've you've watched a lot of movies, I've watched a lot of movies, we can kind of tell what's good and what's not great. I do not, uh, I understand why everyone's raving about Black Panther. Black Panther was an excellent film. Now, every, I don't care about the ratings on Black Panther. No, no, doing? I was just curious how many people have gone and reviewed each film because I bet they I would are rather way talk about people. the movie than get the okay. numbers. Okay. Um, Wonder Woman, I I get the sense hearing people talk about it and hearing people rave about it and lose their minds about it. Does it? Do you get the sense that you have to like Wonder Woman? That's what I was saying to Carl. Yeah, is, I feel like if you don't like it, you're like a woman hater or, or a bad s- feminist yeah, or something. Yeah, I've, yeah. Because, like, I, I watched this movie. I fucking adore this movie, and we'll talk about why in this episode. But one of the big things I'm re- running into is when we re- we're our uh, our bad re- our bad reviews of Wonder Woman are mm-hmm. going to drop this Wednesday and already online my mom my mom posted that thing she's like did you love it i was like no i was no. like nope nope not at all didn't Mm-mm. really love it yeah. um and then also i think a big factor is that Wonder Woman is family friendly i mean depending on is, how you feel about violence right and this movie is um, maybe not so much no um Although well, it it's not explicit, but it should either. It kind of, I is. believe that this would be fine for older children. Yeah, and I think this. Would I be, don't think that children should be shielded from sexuality, but I we've agree. talked about that. Yeah, a bunch. We're doing Lost Girls right now. We're, yeah, we're I find about it so bizarre every... that like we are totally okay with 
children going to see Wonder Woman where she kills people. Mm-hmm. Lots of people die. She kills you several see. people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this film would be beyond the pale. And war and everything. But they can't see a loving relationship between people. You know, the strangest thing is... I'm sure that there are parents and families who would let their kids watch something like The Notebook mm-hmm. and not let them watch something like this for the exact reason that the townspeople in this movie... Because it's well, kinky? Because well, it's not unusual? Necessarily because it's unusual. Because in The Notebook, there's fairly graphic sex, but it's a man and a woman in a romance story. This is a man and a woman and a woman in a romance story. And I guarantee you there's people who are like, well, you're not watching that trash. That's We don't want to expose our children to that. But we'll get into that because mm-hmm. I want to stick with that Wonder Woman thing. Do you get that sense at all? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because I've been getting a little pushback on my, oh, I didn't really like it. And they're like, well, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I do though. I, this is all I do is the look. DC machine churning out a mediocre well, film. Like, well, like, yeah. I want, all I do is watch movies. My life is like this weird, like I melt, I sit in the, I sit on the couch and I just watch film after film after film. Okay. Let's get off of Wonder Woman. Uh, okay. Because well, we uh, we did a whole podcast. We did, but what I what irks me so much is that that this movie doesn't get any recognition, and I feel like I'm okay. Hang on, let's yeah, yeah, stop yeah. right here. Okay. If you haven't seen this movie, oh, yeah. go fucking see it right now. Yeah. Buy it. Professor Marsden and the Wonder Woman. It's not even that and expensive. On if you just want to buy a digital copy on Vudu, it's fourteen bucks. It's cheaper to buy it on just a digital copy on Vudu than it is to mm-hmm. buy in stores. But it no matter what you have to pay to get a copy of it, it's worth it. I might even buy the Blu-ray to get director's commentary and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. I'll probably so go buy this again. seriously, go buy it, go watch it. We're gonna do spoilers. Yeah. But this movie is a million times over worth seeing. Absolutely. Way I, more than Wonder Woman. This is my highest recommendation for Yes. I, I I mean I haven't watched all of you know, like for for the year so far, this is it. This is the film. This mm-hmm. was this is amazing. It's so nuanced and multifaceted. It's just such a beautiful film. You know, and you know, we give we give DC shit for but this is not a DC no, movie. It's but not. you we give DC shit. And we're always, we're constantly like, Marvel movies are great. Marvel movies are great. This is better than any Marvel film I've ever seen. Oh my God. Yeah. This blows Black Panther out of the water. Yeah. This film is far superior to anything we've seen Marvel do. Black Panther's awesome. This movie's better. Not even a question in my mind. This movie's fucking amazing. Okay. Let's get into the film itself. It follows the story of the creator of Wonder Woman, um, Professor Marsden. And actually, we can't just solely credit him if we're to believe all the events of this movie because the inspiration comes right. very heavily I from his life. I would like to do some research and see how close this film actually is. On IMDb, there in the trivia section, they say that uh, Professor Marsden's great-great-granddaughter Mm-hmm. Basically has publicly denounced the film and been like no this is no way this is not how this happened and our family does not endorse the the salacious views presented by this oh, film. Oh boy. Right. Um so that would be somebody our age. Yeah, like a descendant. But yeah. th- you know and whether it's fact or not, whether everything cuz I'm it's a movie, so of course there are liberties taken. Sure, sure. But regardless of that, the film doesn't lose any power. Not no, at all for me. No, no. The the message behind the film. It's like the it's like the comic book essentially, mm-hmm. right? Like he he made Wonder Woman and put all these powerful stories and metaphors in to affect his audience, and that's what this filmmaker's done, Angela mm-hmm. Robinson. Um there's a book called uh i think it's called the the 
secret secret of wonder the man behind wonder woman or something like mm-hmm. that um I'll shout it out on next episode once I look it up, but it's basically this this story. Mm-hmm. It's okay the secret history of Wonder like a Woman. biographer went through and yeah, and okay. Wizard Magazine has run uh, b- back when Wizard Magazine was still a thing. R.I.P. They used to run uh, articles every once in a while on this guy on mm-hmm. Marston mm-hmm. and how like they would they dug into like look at the the kinky BDSM imagery he was mm-hmm. a psychologist he was studying this sort of thing he's the uh, he's the originator of disc theory that's true um and the creator of the lie detector uh i saw some contention about that online he is credited an, as an inventor an inventor well he's he's credited <clears throat> As the inventor of the lie detector, but okay. some people are claiming that he's only the inventor of the systolic blood pressure cuff, so that that explains some things, right? So that yeah. he was the guy who basically made the original lie detector invention work, mm-hmm. essentially. But I'm just gonna go with inventor of the lie detector because it just seems like uh, mansplaining on the internet, sort of. You know how mm-hmm. trolls will step in and go, "Well, actually," but actually, yeah, it yeah. feels like that to me. A lot of the stuff I read was like, "Well, actually." Regardless, mm-hmm. brilliant man, brilliant man, yeah. Um, and Grant Morrison, I'm just providing evidence that this movie's probably fairly accurate, mm-hmm. and that his family is just trying to is embarrassed or something by the. I don't know for a fact. But I have three sources that's including Grant Morrison, who did a bunch of research for his his uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman Earth One book that mm-hmm. he just did. Yeah, he looked into this guy's life too, and he was like, "Yeah, there's it's there's a lot of kink, there's a lot of bondage, there's a lot of um, like open sexual relationships, there's a lot of lesbianism, and there's he go he also ins- reinserts the psychology aspect of it into his book. So those three sources seem to suggest that this film is fairly accurate, and. It makes sense not to take anything away from his family, but it makes sense that you'd want to be like, no, my grandpa wasn't a pervert, you know? Great grandpa. Great. My great grandpa wasn't a pervert. No, he was a respectable guy and it was just all like normal and Christian. I know. I know. But that's what I'm saying is. Prude. (laughs) We don't know. She's probably a very nice girl. Probably a prude. She's probably a very nice girl. We're not going to besmirch the name of her, his great, great, great daughter. Okay. But you can understand, right? Like if I was, you know, if I'm like in my 40s. I don't know if I found out like my grandparents were like swingers and like doing all kinds of crazy. He's not weird a swinger. Kinky. But yeah, Whatever. yeah, yeah. I'd be like, sweet. But right you, on you. You and I are progressive. Pretty, you and I are pretty different. But like if I've ever found out like when I was like 50 and my my parents, you know, and my parents were all just sitting around one night and they were like, oh, yeah, we used to have orgies at the house all the time before uh, you were born. Uh, uh, I might be a little bit like. But that's your parents. You yeah, have yeah, like yeah. weird vibes about your parents, but like your grandparents, your great grandparents. If I found out that my. Freaky. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, you don't want to think about your parents having sex. Nobody Especially does. not with like large I mean, groups of people with like leather and oil. Whatever. But it's a parents thing. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. So anyway, um the movie itself. Uh, my first note, my first note on this movie. So mm-hmm. within 10 minutes of what, like the start of the film, I wrote down this is the feminist film we were waiting for when we watched mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. When you and I sat down to watch Wonder Woman, we had low expectations for several reasons. We tried to keep an open mind. It didn't really help that much. I was very worried that this film would fail because I knew the setup for mm-hmm. it and it seemed so promising mm-hmm. and I'd just seen Wonder Woman and was so let down. I was right. like, please don't suck. It doesn't. <laughs> it's so utterly and completely doesn't. I mean, 
are you fucking kidding me? In in the first 20 minutes, they address penis envy. They address the struggle for birth control. They address mm-hmm. suffrage. They talk about feminist icons by name several times mm-hmm. in nuanced, intelligent language. They're actually dealing with, the, they actually deal with the issues of feminism. They deal with the issues of women. They overtly deal with the real life oppression of women Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman kind of talks about it where they're like what is a woman doing in the room and it's all very funny and then Diana comes back in right in this one oh my god are they set in the same they're set in the same time period yeah they are so in this one Professor Marston's wife Elizabeth is she wears pants she wears she fucking wears pants I love her so much she wears pants she says vagina and fuck and whatever she wants. I think she's the first person to use a swear word in this movie, too. She's I very love crass. her. Yeah, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. And um, my one of my favorite things about Elizabeth is that first exchange where... Um, what's his name? What's, what's Marston's first name? William? I don't remember. Well, I think it's William, William? Marston. I'm, I could be wrong. But because uh, he goes by Charles Moulton. When he's writing the right, Wonder Woman right, comics right, right. And that's what confuses me Because I've always known him as Charles Moulton I didn't really know that was a pseudonym Until I saw this film But uh, Marston is teaching a class And his wife is his assistant And the only reason that she's not a professor Because she also got a degree From the sister college of Harvard Right Because what men and women couldn't go to college together That's no, correct right She couldn't, right. She couldn't get a, a, a like doctorate From Harvard because she was a woman But right. she was easily as intelligent In fact they even have a joke Where he goes You're, um, he, He's kind of consoling her because she can't get a degree From mm-hmm. Harvard which means that she'll never Be respected as uh, She won't be able to get a professorship like him mm-hmm. And he goes you're smarter than I am And she goes I know that You know like Yeah Everybody she's she's brilliant and that's part of what attracts Olive to that position isn't to work like to get her extra credit or to work with Professor Marston it's to work with Elizabeth Marston because Elizabeth's been putting out um, like papers on psychology and she's been putting out papers on women's rights and feminism and Olive is familiar with her work and she's this brilliant hero and admires and respects her so she's actually there to work under elizabeth which makes that first scene when you find out later that mm-hmm. elizabeth's her hero that first scene when elizabeth is so what like yeah can you make me a promise do you promise not to fuck my husband and she's really really and she's really upset about she's it brutal yeah, yeah it kind of wrecks olive and you're like that's kind of weird it can't just be that she's being bitchy and it's not it's because her hero is treating her poorly mm-hmm. and in retrospect when you think about it you're like oh my god this whole movie right. is so Elegantly constructed, elegantly structured. The 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 tendrils that run through this film, everything connects to everything else. There's no loose ends. There's no sloppiness, or it's um, it's amazing. Um. So we we are also pretty early in the movie introduced to some. Go ahead. Um, I just want to hit on that. Um, please don't fuck my husband. Right. Um, she says previous to meeting Olive this is where in I the was conversation. About to go. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Um, with Dr. Marston, um, we that should, she doesn't experience sexual jealousy. We should explain why. Th- that's the setup for the whole film. I'll run through that and then toss it back to okay. you. All right. So they're running. He, Professor Marston, has a theory he calls disc theory. It's dominance, inducement, submission, and compliance. And his whole theory is that... Seduction. No. 
submission. It's inducement. That's the seduction. Oh, okay. So it's uh, his whole idea is that if you submit to a loving authority, you are happy. But if you are forced into compliance, you are unhappy. If you're just complying, you're you're not giving in to that higher power. So that's his whole theory. And he's he and his wife are sitting on the steps watching the the quote-unquote mating rituals oh my god i love that scene that scene's incredible because he reads it he reads it one way and his wife reads it totally differently and she ends up and being she's correct. right yeah yeah i love it. so there you go again and again and the other we gotta say professor marston does not mansplain he doesn't no. he, he it he acknowledges okay your viewpoint is valid this is this is a truly a feminist film. he sees his wife as his equal just as much as any man. She says several times he loves me, and but the bigger thing for her is he respects me and treats me as an equal. Yep. Again and again. This is oh, this is the feminist film Joke that we needed, that. and instead we got... Anyway, they're watching like the mating rituals of the class, and it becomes obvious that Professor Marsden is sexually attracted mm. to Olive. Mm-hmm. And he he tells his wife very openly he's like i'd like to study her and she's basically like she's gonna break your heart it's gonna end in uh she i think she says like um like a a puddle of of your tears and drying semen or something she's really like like overt she's (laughs) like very graphic about it and she's like if you want to go for it and he's like really and she's like um i don't experience sexual jealousy and that's where we Mm -hmm. pick up so go ahead and grab it from there i just wanted to give and then the the scene later happens with olive where she says please don't fuck my husband and then um dr and mrs marston have a confrontation about that moment because olive runs out upset um oh i forgot about the um she says during the first conversation where they're watching Olive and the other students, she says, I love this quote. I have it written down too, I think. I'm your wife, yep. not your jailer. Right. Throwing off that old like ball, ball and, and chain, chain idea. Yeah. Um, back to the confrontation between the two of them. Um, I, I said, my ass, you don't experience sexual jealousy. But right. then she says professional jealousy and i was like uh i think she's lying ding. though i don't know if she is well we've seen we see later on when she's she's upset when she finds out that olive that her husband is in love with olive and olive is in love with her even though the lie detector no that olive is in love with him she's that messes her up they have a whole uh, that basically there's a scene where they figure out how to make the lie detector work and it's a brilliant device because she asks him some boring uh elizabeth asks marston some boring questions and his heart rate doesn't drop because there's no stakes well he's lying babe ruth is not the president babe ruth's not the president he doesn't live in louisiana it's stupid questions that he doesn't care about and because he's not invested in the questions is his heart rate doesn't spike and olive comes up with the idea that you have to ask questions that mean something or have weight so elizabeth starts asking do you love Olive and or do you love your wife? And he says, yes, yes, and it's true. And then he says, do you love Olive? And he says, no, and it's a lie. Right. And when she f- so I think I, I think it's important that the his whole stated thesis when he starts teaching his class is we're going to cover deception. Yes. So he he puts deception in there. I love that the um, the chalkboard the stages of the film. Yeah. Using when he, the chalkboard. He writes the stages mm-hmm. of the of, you know, the stages of the film are the four components of his disc theory. And we use the chalk him writing the word on the chalkboard as like a scene break. Did it's you awesome. notice that as he's writing them, 
the way he writes them changes in every yes yeah based yeah. on what we've seen in the previous yeah. portion yeah. of the film it's ge- this film is genius it's absolute genius but um i think it's important that deception is a key element of his class because i believe that elizabeth claims that she doesn't experience sexual jealousy but we see again and again and again until the scene where she's kissing olive in the theater mm-hmm we see her again and again react jealously to what's happening. I believe she does experience sexual jealousy, but becomes more open to the the situation. Well, I just gave you evidence just there. But is it jealousy of her husband or is it because she wants Olive? Either. Either or. She ex- absolutely experiences sexual jealousy. I think that is her being deceptive. So when she says, mm-hmm. I experience professional jealousy, it's an excuse. She's she's covering but then as the film progresses as she forms a friendship first a friendship and then like a a romantic relationship and then a sexual relationship with Olive Mm -hmm. those feelings shift and change they even they even have there's I think it's a really important line when they're sitting across from each other and Marston is smoking his the sexiest cigarettes you've ever seen (laughs) Elizabeth smokes a damn sexy cigarette too this is a thing we cover everybody smokes sexy cigarettes but um she asks she he she's attached elizabeth is attached to the lie detector but she's asking marston questions which i think is really funny yeah but she asks him do you believe it's possible for someone to love two people mm-hmm. and marston i don't remember it's been a couple days i don't remember if he answers i, I think he either. sits quietly and sort of like it's it's like an affirmative it's brilliant physical acting by luke evans because the answer is clearly yes but Mm -hmm. i don't think he verbalizes it yeah and she picks up on it she understands they because they're married they don't need to right they don't need language and they've been married for a long time but uh i think in that moment she starts to that's the beginning of the molding of her sexual jealousy into something else Mm -hmm. like redirecting that jealousy into just like a it becomes a it's a it's like the very definition of a polyamorous relationship Mm -hmm. well it's also very clear from the very beginning that elizabeth is the dominant and they definitely tag up on it (laughs) when i'm taking a drink you have to talk or there's no space sorry um they definitely tag up not tag up but they they address it at the end of the film we are jumping all over which is fine um but in the end we can continue to go go directly through yeah well i I like to jump around because when because this movie brings something up and then we'll address it hours later. And mm-hmm. if we go chronologically through the movie, I won't necessarily remember to, the connection that I'm making right now. Gotcha. So I like to go by by points. And this was go a, for it. this was a big point because she's she's very dominant throughout the movie. She's she's brusque and she's rude i mean he even calls his uh, oh yeah he's like when marston you have a i'm sure you wrote down the i quote totally did right read the quote you are a grade a bitch and she takes it as a compliment it's not even the, well you have to if you need the context um she's like what do you see elizabeth asks him what do you oh, see the difference between the two yeah, what do you see mm-hmm. in olive because i think that that's imp- really important um, what do you see in Olive? And he says she's kind and guileless and innocent. And and I think he ends with kind. He's like she she's guileless and innocent and smart and passionate and kind. And you are intelligent and nuanced and fierce and a grade A bitch. And his wife smiles and like concedes the point. Mm-hmm. And there's it's not at all an insult. Right. And then he goes, the two of you together are the, the perfect, perfect woman. woman. Yes. 
which becomes this incredible beautiful metaphor throughout the film they even there's a shot when he's dying um and he's in bed and he's like hallucinating not hallucinating yes. but everything's out of focus and the light from the doorway is like the 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 white light at the end of the tunnel that's super bright and you can't you can barely see and we see a woman walking through the door in silhouette it's just the shadow of her mm-hmm. the silhouette walking through the door and it's like he's seeing an angel and then we realize that it's, vision. it's well, no, it's Olive, but and it Elizabeth. seems like double vision. It does, but it's it's Olive walking in front of Elizabeth, and when they get into the room, the silhouette splits into two women. Mm-hmm. So it's that visual metaphor yeah. of together you are the perfect woman, right. and they've been they've been married, I guess you could say they've mm-hmm. been together for so long that yeah, they have fucking four kids. They have four, yeah, but and when. What we're and this is like they've separated for a while and then they came at back this together. point in the yeah. film they have been separated and they haven't gotten back together just yet at this point but that that perfect woman thing together mm-hmm. that that's the representation of together you're the perfect woman and what i like is that shot visually echoes the first time we see olive in the wonder woman garb when they're in the the then when they're at that like bondage sex um, shop is what i was calling it sex shop yeah it's it's like a <laughs> like a bondage demonstration that they're at which is highly illegal in this time period yes so they're at this like illegal bondage ex, um like demonstration like a lesson it's like on a how to boutique do yeah right and we see Olive. The first time we see Olive, she's wearing the silver bracelets. She's got the Wonder Woman corset, the high boots. She's Wonder Woman. She's mm-hmm. dressed in like the fetish wear that will become Wonder Woman's costume. And she's backlit super heavily. And she's in silhouette. And she's standing in front of this absolutely stunning backdrop on right. the stage. It's just beautiful. But the thing that it is, it's it's, it's an awe-inspiring scene and we don't and get she's lit from the sides and the bottom by red and blue. Right. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah. We don't get the payoff for that shot until Marsden's dying in the hospital because the, the only person we've seen in that pa- that exact same angle and that exact same silhouette is Wonder Woman. What mm-hmm. becomes Wonder Woman in Marsden's mind. Mm-hmm. And the next time we see that image it's the two women in his life and they split back into their component parts. And it's the clearest visual metaphor that I've ever seen, which is wonder woman is an amalgam of these two women. And together in that moment, when Olive steps up, she's not Olive anymore. She is wonder woman. She is that creation. It's, it's one of the most brilliant filmmaking things i've ever film like visual filmmaking things Mm -hmm. i've ever seen it couldn't be clearer and it couldn't be more powerful there's shot after shot after shot in this movie that will just take your breath away it's genius it's brilliantly shot i'm not going to talk about wonder woman but wonder woman looks like garbage garbage yeah and this movie is it looks like someone took some time and put some thought into it you know what i think it might be (laughs) A lot of times big studio films for me fall apart because there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's no unifying vision. Mm -hmm. There's five people writing the script. You have got one director, but you have six second units. You have a second, third, fourth unit. You've got, you know, like executive producers being like, well, I think you should blah, blah, blah. This movie feels like it's one person's vision 
the director wrote the script and she is the director. You get the mm-hmm. sense that she is she's tight on this movie. Mm-hmm. She's got everything clamped down and doing it her she way. She knows exactly what she's doing. She knows everything about it. It's fluid and cohesive and and beautiful and well thought out. There's nothing where it's like, oh shit, we need to I mean You can't poke holes in it. Did we talk Yeah, you can't. This movie's fairly unassailable. But there's a in one I don't think we talked about it in our review, but we talked about it when we were watching it with mm-hmm. Alan and Aaron. There's a scene in Wonder Woman where Oh yeah, the the sword. The sword. She like <laughs> sticks the sword in the roof mm. and then we get a, a two shot of her talking with the the big uh, the devil Ares. Or Ares, yeah. And we cut away in a we cut away really she awkwardly. Realizes, whoop, I don't sword is Yeah, she reaches her for her sword and it's not there and we do this weird awkward cutaway to um uh, uh Chris it's, Oh, I Pine? thought it, Yeah. To like we cut away to something and when we cut back Wonder Woman is jumping off the roof having retrieved her sword and Ares doesn't do anything. And what I pointed yeah, out Yeah, we even get like a very short shot of him just standing doing in there nothing. doing nothing. And he we ostensibly allows her to go get her sword and jump back down, but the way that it's cut and shot, I'm telling you with 99% certainty, what happened there was they went to shoot the scene with Ares and she had her sword. They were like, we're shooting some fight stuff and an editor noticed in post. Hey guys, oh, continuity error. Uh, continuity error. Her sword's up on the roof. She hasn't gotten it back yet. She and didn't they, bring it with her. Right. Yeah. And they went and did a pickup shot. It's so fucking clunky and bullshit. It's bullshit. And in this movie, every single thing flows perfectly into every other single thing. There's, it's seamless. It's, it's Jesus's broadcloth cloak. Oh my God. It's, this movie's so good. This movie's so, so good. Oh, my next note was brilliantly cut and edited. <laughs> um, I have a note about the Wonder Woman stepping onto this stage okay. scene. Or Olive as Wonder Woman. Did you notice that both of their sort of awakenings or births, quote unquote, happen Who? on a stage? Who? Oh, when they get together as yeah. as a as a as a triad. Triad, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I don't know. Like all of the, maybe I'm jaded by listening to all of the podcasts out of Portland, Oregon, but I don't know. Like the term triad doesn't seem right for this relationship, right? Triad makes sense. Equal power in all three directions. I know. It's just I, I think I'm just jaded with the boxes. I think I'm just three way. I don't know. Who cares? It's a relationship. But the the problem for... I don't know. I, I get sick of labels. It's one thing I rail against. Whatever. But yes, it is Whatever. in the parlance of our time. It's a triad relationship. I'm sorry. Did you notice? What? Did you notice Did that I notice it was what? on a stage? I didn't in both make, scenes. I didn't make the connection until And there's now. like glory happening. Like the first scene, there are like clouds and this very like... Um, heavenly or angelic backdrop yeah and then the second one it's like a rising sun yeah in the morning and it's it's just they they visit the greek again and again they do it's just it's so stunning right this movie is gorgeous it is and there's something operatic about the first time they get together it's the the first sex scene Let's just get it out on the table. This was a really. This movie's very sexy. This movie's oh. hot. Uh, yeah, I have a specific note about that sex scene. The Which sex is, scene could not be sexier. Could it's impossible. But you know what? It's not just the sex scene. 
this that spanking scene. <gasps> I have a note about that too. So do I. I mean, this this movie. Oh, oh, hot damn. Oh my god. This perfectly dovetails with the series that we're doing right now on this podcast. This movie does not treat sex lasciviously. This movie treats no. sex as a full Do we even see breasts? Yes, we do. We do? Yeah, okay. Several I times. was thinking back and I couldn't remember if we even saw any. No, we do. We, we see definitely both don't Elizabeth see and Olives. We don't see genitalia, we don't of, see any genitalia of any kind, but we do see breasts. Um well, you know what? No, we do. We see drawings of genitalia. But we don't see We don't like see actual, actual genitalia, genitalia, no, but we see some pretty explicit um like illustrated pornography. 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 Well, I wish I could remember fucking Marsden's first name. It's driving me insane. I think it's William. She's like, "William, it's this is pornography." Um she's not British it at all. It cracks me up that that is her like thing that she's upset about porn. Well, the yeah, a little bit, I guess, because she's obviously not a prude. She doesn't have a problem with breaking the law to do things that she wants to do because we see them out drinking and lesbianism. Isn't that illegal, illegal at, at that point? point? Yeah. So she doesn't give a fuck. Why? Why is porn her sticking point? Uh, yeah, she goes out and drinks. Is she, it because it's like a physical thing that they can find? It's in evidence. Your home? Yeah. It, but you can find liquor in the house too. I think it's well. You know what I think it is. I but think, prohibition stopped at that point. I think so. I've got it. I think I know what it is because this is before the lasso stuff and the tying mm-hmm. up. And I think it's she's uncomfortable with the BDSM elements of it. And because is that because she sees it as anti-feminist? Yes. Okay. Because I, I have a I have a specific note later. When Marston goes to tie up Olive, she says, don't let him do that to you. Right. And then she she storms out and he storms out. And the guy goes, yes, of course, he's a submissive. Right. Um, And when she comes back and we see Olive in that full regalia, like this, she's she took a big step out onto the ledge there. Olive, she this is a very bold and brave move like this could go very wrong and it's not marsden who steps up onto the stage marsden it's not marsden who steps up onto the stage it's elizabeth well you see throughout the film over and over that she is the mediator between the two of them well she controls the relation she's the dominant she controls the dynamic of the relationship until what are you talking about I don't think she's the dominant. You don't think Elizabeth is the dominant? Oh, Elizabeth is. Yes. No, Olive is constantly going between Mr. and Mrs. Oh, see, I see it completely differently. I see um, Olive. She's always chasing Elizabeth. Olive goes to Elizabeth to get to Marston. Marston goes to Elizabeth to get to Olive. Elizabeth controls very strictly the dynamic of the relationship completely. Mm -hmm. Olive, in a weird way, I can see is like a sort of like an intermediary between the two and she's yes. also like a catalyst for the the evolution that we see the relationship mm-hmm. go through mm-hmm. she's the one who sort of gets the the bondage ball rolling she's the one who initially instigates the actually yep. elizabeth kind of instigates the 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 triad relationship elizabeth chases olive down and then starts making out with her and when marston shows up Olive's not the one who calls him over. Elizabeth invites him over. Once everyone has Elizabeth's... That's because she's the dominant. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Once everyone has Elizabeth's permission, things keep happening. And that becomes really important in the end of the movie 
because Elizabeth has to relinquish her dominance right. in order to reestablish the, the relationship. Um, but in that scene, when uh, Olive steps up and she's in the Wonder Woman outfit, it's not Marston who steps up. It's Elizabeth who steps mm-hmm. up. And what I wrote down is man greater than woman equals bad. Woman equal woman equal good. When when Elizabeth walks up on stage, it's not a man subjugating a woman anymore. Right. It's a woman helping a woman fulfill her desires. Yeah. And I think it's important that in that scene, Elizabeth, in the BDSM community, it's called checking in. Elizabeth checks in with Olive. Mm-hmm. She ties up her hands and leans over and says, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And Olive says, yes. And then boom, right back into the power structure. But in that moment, Elizabeth treats her as an equal. She's like, okay, we're I'm just so dumb. Mm-hmm. So we're all clear. You're good. And Olive's like, yeah, we're good. And then and I think that's she less... jerks the knot tight. That This whole movie is so fucking hot. I think it's less that they know to do that from a BDSM standpoint. And I think it's more that they do it from a relationship standpoint. That's no, no, I don't think that like Elizabeth is like keen and sharp, like knows all the BDSM stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah. But but that's what I'm, what I was, what I'm sort of getting at is that she's a responsible sexual partner. It's not about knowing the etiquette of BDSM. It's knowing that your partner's a human being. They, it just, it's so natural for them because they're working within this structure already just without the accoutrement. Right. And and that the nature of that relationship, it's not like you have to tiptoe around everyone's feelings, but you have to understand that you are now exploring territory that is not well tread mm-hmm. and it's good to like I'm sure even in their relationship it's like you have to con- it's about communication you have to communicate it's like hey am I spending too much time with I'm mean, we don't see this but like am I spending too much time with Olive or like hey how are you doing Elizabeth the things you know like and like oh I, you know I was with your husband like I was with uh, William last night was right. that okay like just checking in constantly and making sure everything's cool we don't see any of that though I we think don't. we just assume it happens right because their relationship is so strong and so it lasts it's such a long lasting relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of like the, the BDSM type scenes or the the this movie treats. I'm going to call it alternative sexuality, but I think that that's silly. I think it should just be another facet. Sexuality. Yeah, it's sexuality. It treats. But le- but sexuality that is not part of the um, uh, puritanical America's not vanilla. Right. It's not vanilla. That first that spanking scene, we both talked about it. I ne- Here's my note on Ooh. it. Here's my note. I said the spanking scene is one of the, and then I wrote in parentheses hottest, and I wrote down is one of the most effective, effectively sexual scenes I've seen since Secretary mm-hmm. with James mm-hmm. Spader and yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal. I said it's the shots, the way that they shoot it. They shoot the Marstons watching from the shadows behind like bars essentially watching like in a very voyeuristic way but in an elevated position as well throughout this film elizabeth takes a voyeur position she have you noticed yes yeah um in well we see she's kind of aloof standing off kind of directing we see later in the in the scene when they first the all three of them have sex for Mm -hmm. the first time when olive starts having sex with william she stands like a weird like like um beneficent goddess among them and she like the way she rests I her head I love that scene the cinematography is insanely good but when she rests her hand on Olive's head it's almost like a like 
god like touching a creation mm-hmm. like she's apart from it and then she engages when she kisses olive but it is very voyeuristic but the spanking scene before we get off it okay. <laughs> the performances yes we see olive we every single performance in this movie is great no one is bad no one is bad no one's even just okay all of the performances are outstanding mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. our main 3 are Superlative but um all You see Olive go from being Uncomfortable when she's she, You know she, it's basically a hazing ritual Where she has to spank another pledge In the sorority and the Marstons right. are watching And the the girl is the girl she's spanking Is supposed to be her baby and Olive is supposed to be like the matron figure And she's spanking her with a Punishing paddle her. Right yeah. so she's spanking Her and she's like she hears the girl Go like ah because she's, she's Being spanked and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. So she's like spanking her and she looks really uncomfortable about it. Guilty. Guilty. Upset. Yeah, she's like, this is so humiliating. It's humiliating for her. It's humiliating for the other girl. You can tell she doesn't like it. And then she looks up. And what, what's happening simultaneously is we realize that William and Elizabeth are both becoming weirdly like engaged in the moment. They're mm-hmm. feeling the same things as Olive's feeling. And then William reaches over and puts his hand up his wife's skirt and she does not stop him. Right. They're both becoming aroused. She becomes aroused that, because they're aroused. That's the shift. Yeah. When 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 Elizabeth becomes visibly aroused and when Marston puts his hand up her skirt, Olive realizes that she's arousing them and her face subtly changes. This is I'm gonna get mm-hmm. I'm gonna get performance nerdy for a second. I have always been a huge fan of subtle acting, facial acting, um, r- tight control of expressions. It's 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 an art. Yeah, there are no words at all. Really, at all. It's just the sound of the paddle and looks being exchanged. That's all that scene is. Yep. And Olive's face. She could have the actress could have gone like like sexy. She could have gone like this is hot. It's amazing her face goes into like this is is this what you want me to do she goes submissive she goes into and it's not compliance because she's becoming and she's now okay with what she's doing because she's realized that the higher power they're literally Mm -hmm. higher than her structurally in the scene the higher power is that's what they want her to do yeah they're enjoying what she's doing so she gives over to it and her face it becomes slightly flushed, slightly aroused, but it's in her something in her eyes shows like like a weird like erotic submission there. Mm-hmm. Even though she's the dominant in her scene, right? In the larger scene, she's now submitted to the Marston's right. will. It's there's so many layers happening in that. It's fucking amazing. And I realized again, yeah, this is a stage. That's a stage. It really is. I'm not really 100% on what that metaphor the stage? means, where that happens again and again, but that's an awakening on a stage. I don't know. We do, I mean, I'd need more time to unpack it. I'd like to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could... Maybe it's like stage used literally, like a different stage of progress. So like a like wordplay rather than maybe? metaphor. But maybe it's I, also like in a weird way... State a stage is somewhere where you present something. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is like this is the director's way of of visually presenting to us like powerful important moments. I'm not I don't sure. Know. We'll have to dig into that. We will, because I mean, well, it, 
we see like the nuts and bolts of their relationship happen, mm-hmm. but the truly the big the turning points, all the turning points happen on stages, right? Like yeah. all of the big shifts of their life yep. happen on on a stage. So I don't know. Maybe it's I don't know what that is. I don't know. We should call Angela Robinson and ask her. Be like, talk to us. Explain this to like, us. Please, we love you. What movie. is the significance of the stage? Significance of the stages, and also, will you be our our like fairy godmother? You're the best. You're amazing. Maybe she's hot. Maybe we should ask her for a triad. Oh my god! Yeah, come live with us. You're so, <laughs> so amazing. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about the spanking scene is that scene is long. Yeah. Another thing I'm a big fan of is. A director who will let let things roll, who will let the scene stretch out and let the actors find stuff in it. Mm-hmm. That scene goes on for a long time, and at no point are you like, "Come on, wrap this up." You're like, "You're like, you how long?" Go through the journey with them, the emotional journey. You go from being uncomfortable and to it, having that moment of realization, and like, then you're like, "Oh, this is kind of sexy." Why is this so hot. Yeah, and then but there's a moment near the end where. She says 20 times and I was counting She goes well past 20 I lost count I counted and she goes I think she ends at like either 20 it's like 28 or 30 depending on Whether you count the first two spanks So she goes Way past it and the reason she's not stopping Is because even though in this Okay in the sorority scene She's the dominant and the girl's the submissive And the den mother's like running things She's no longer in that scene she's now in a di- she's in a different scene with the marstons and they haven't told her to stop yet also the other sorority sister who ordered her to do it hasn't told her to stop well, she told either. her 20 she told her 20 That's true and she's ignoring that edict to continue because the marstons That's are true. into That's it true. so i think that she has she's given over to their power in that scene which is all disc theory shit but um that scene when you hit 20 and she doesn't stop and that it's the consistency of the spank too it's like a ticking mm-hmm. clock and every single impact raises my heart was pounding at the end of that scene <laughs> i don't think my heart even barely beat while i was watching wonder woman because i was like <laughs> god damn could you could we inject some drama here this one this isn't even a fight this is a fucking sorority hazing ritual and i'm just my 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 you're cheeks sweating. are flushed. You're sweating, and you're like, "Oh my god, how long is she going to spank this girl?" And like, what's going to happen? It's it ratchets up that tension, and then you know when it stops, when Elizabeth pushes William's hand away, she goes, "Stop!" Always All of stops, mm-hmm. and then the den mother's like, "Oh yeah, I guess that's good. You're done now." It has nothing to do with the sorority at all. It has everything to do with Olive watching for her cues from the Marstons. That scene is. This whole movie, but that scene is so fucking good. <laughs> oh my god. Um, they yeah. Do you, do you have another note? I'm not about I'm, that I'm scene. Verklempt. I do have a question though. The lie detectors. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> it okay. So my question is. Yeah. Is this movie erotica? Where is the line between? No sexy film and erotica. No, I don't think it is because I think, well, there's the whole there's a famous saying about the difference between erotica and pornography. Um, it's I think it was a congressman. It was when they were there's a free there was a debate about freedom of speech. Out. Are you okay? Yeah. There was the there's a famous debate about um, what's it called? Uh, decency. The 
shit. There's a crime where basically you've been you've been like like grossly indecent or something. It's it's not no. that, but it's in art. It's if you're oh okay. You, but there was a, there's a famous quote which is where they're trying to define the difference between erotica, which is art, and pornography, which is not right. And the famous quote is. Um, the, how do I know it's porno- pornography or erotica? Well, I pornography. I know it when I see it. That's the big quote. Is you? We can't really define it. It's just you can. It's a feeling rather than a set of of like well defined terms. Because when you see Lost Girls, you and I both erotica. Yeah, erotica. When you see, um, you know, like m- muff diving butt sluts four. Not erotica, porn. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, and it really is. It's weird. You can tell. You can tell where the line is, and it does blur a little bit. There's a bit of blurriness there, but yeah, this film for me, not erotica, because its point is not to titulate. Its point is not to arouse. Mm-hmm. Its point is to honestly examine and explore the nuance of an unconventional relationship. Part of that relationship is sex, but sex doesn't always have to exist to arouse. It can also exist to like illustrate romance or illustrate love or illustrate um, the dynamic of a relationship. Sex is supernatural, not super natural. Sex is very natural is what I mean to say. It's a it's a part of our. I understand. Right. It can exist to arouse lost girls, but it. In a weird way, Lost Girls toes the line between like erotica and like like literary fiction, like powerful mm-hmm. fiction. Because this book doesn't just exist to jack off to. This film does. This film emphatically doesn't exist to jack off to. There's way too much talking. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it's not sexy. I would sexy. say that this is kind of on the line, in my opinion, for erotica. For erotica. Okay. Looking I, back at it, I don't yeah. think so at all. Like, okay. the, do you think that the Notebook is erotica? I have no idea what that movie is about. Do you think that Brokeback Mountain is erotica? I haven't seen that movie either. Okay. The, there's about the same amount of sex. I, I, I don't know. I feel like the way that it's presented in this film, where it's very sensual. Right. Like appealing to your senses, not yeah, that it's... But also that. Um, and the sort of the lush way it's presented, I think it's presented to be sexy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's a reason that they cast Luke Evans, you oh know, as Professor Marston. Um, Luke Evans, Rebecca Hall, Bella Heathcote. All of these their people. Their chemistry. Yeah, their chemistry. Well, not even like in a ooh, their chemistry, but as actors, they their relationship <laughs> and their chemistry is amazing. You uh, often that's why like okay, Fifty Shades of Grey was supposed to be hot and erotic and it fucking bombed because the two leads hated each other in real life and that chemistry translated onto mm-hmm. the screen it's very obvious they don't like each other in this movie you get this the all of these actors work perfectly with each other is that your stomach yes telling? it is <laughs> i'm hungry i don't know why um <sighs> but i and i might have actually even picked up on the mic it was pretty loud but um i that's an interesting question. You so and maybe that's maybe that is exactly what that quote's about. I know it when I see it. So for you, this film is erotica. For me, it's towing the line for me. For me, not at all. Not in any way do I see this as erotica. For me, I see this as a very thoughtful, nuanced drama that in which sex is a heavy component. Um, Fair. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's not to say, I'm not saying that the sex scenes and the sexual discussions and the sexual explorations of this film didn't turn me on. They did. This whole movie is a, a massive massive turn on it's very sexy film you can't deny it you can't just i'm not sitting here like with my carl my carl jung pipe and my oh my god i want his cardigan i want his fucking cardigan so bad but i'm not sitting here carl jung's cardigan no luke evans is professor marston's cardigan that gray cable knit number with the fucking shawl collar god damn that's a good cardigan Mm, i can pull that off i can totally pull that off but i'm not sitting here being like yes this is a very interesting uh, examination of human sexuality i'm sitting there like whoa spanker again yeah (laughs) definitely definitely you get into this movie for sure and one of the things um the 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 speaking of scenes that are sexy in in a way that shouldn't be sexy because it's not presented as sexy at all that lie detector scene (gasps) yes it's like the sexual tension before you actually or like foreplay before you actually get into the act my god like that that lie detector scene might have been the sexiest fucking part of this movie like the sex scenes are great (laughs) but when the first time they put olive in that lie detector and they're asking her these questions or they're saying you know like do you love your fiance and she's like yes and it's a lie do you love me and she's like no and it's a lie and it's it's amazing. We're going to talk about this a little bit in Lost Girls probably in next week's episode because we're going to talk about this movie for the, our whole episode. It's just going to happen. <laughs> it's too fucking good not to. Um, there's there's that, sh- that shadow thing we've been talking about with Lost Girls where on the surface they say one thing, but their shadows tell a different story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to see that in chapter six or chapter five, I believe, when we cover that for the podcast. There's mm-hmm. a very, um, there's an amazing use of shadow, which is not overt but very powerful but um i think that's what we see with the lie detector it's oh, and the movie's all sure. about deception too mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. She, you know she's presenting the culture her societally acceptable self which is no i don't love elizabeth lie you do love elizabeth and this lie detector reveals that inner truth do you want to have sex with elizabeth lesbianism is illegal it's considered a mental illness yes. in this film several yeah. times which is really and a sin it's well the mental illness thing it's so sad to see even yeah. i mean i know it's 2018 and it's a different it was different time but still to hear that is really it's hard it's mm-hmm. hard to hear in a film do you want to have sex with elizabeth and she goes no and it's a lie and you can see the performances are amazing you see marston like you can see the beginning of an idea where he's like, I think we could do this. It's an mm-hmm. unconventional thing, but at, he's curious as a psychologist, but he's also curious as a, as a sexual being. And as a man, he's like, mm-hmm. is, could we do this? And we look at Elizabeth and you see immediately when she finds out that Olive has thought about having sex with her, Elizabeth is immediately like repulsed, but attracted. Because she's like, I shouldn't want this, but I kind of do. And she's lying to herself as well. Yes. The God damn layers that everyone mm-hmm. and they all sustain them. They all sustain yep. them. It's never like like Elizabeth doesn't immediately flip and like now we're going to fuck. You know what I mean? She doesn't do that. She she struggles with it but but in a weird way submits to herself. Mm-hmm. She allows she allows herself through inducement to submit to I'm starving her own desires (laughs) yeah to her own desires it's amazing stuff um 
but watching that lie detector scene, another scene that goes on for a long time. It's not like, Olive, do you love me? No, you're lying. Let's kiss. And It's not that. They let it go and let it go. And they ask more questions and ask more questions. And Olive stays mm-hmm. strapped in. And you can see that she's burning with shame, but she wants them to ask. Yes. And it just... Oh, the needle keeps jumping every time she lies and Marston is so still. I love Luke Evans's performance. He's not like moving around and doing business. He just sits quietly and he asks the questions and he barely turns his head to look at the lie detector when she lies. And okay, look, I'm a heterosexual man, but when he flicks his eyes back up to her, <laughs> when he finds out that she's lying, you're like, "Oh. Hey. Whoa, Chris Evans. <laughs> those are some bedroom eyes. Luke Evans, not Chris Evans." Thank you. Luke Evans um, But yeah he, Any relationship? I don't There's know no way. Who cares He turns <laughs> I just want to talk about Professor Marston And the Wonder Woman For the rest of my life He turns his head Like so subtly And then his eyes come up And he asks her another question From that like Head cocked position mm-hmm. God damn That whole <laughs> fucking scene man Every word out of Everyone's mouth Like ratchets up We almost didn't make it Through this movie We almost didn't I was almost like To the bedroom with you woman <laughs> Seriously, it was it got pretty like pretty steamy throughout the film. And the best part is, is I don't think this movie treats sex with a, like a panting eye. If it is, if it is a sexual, if we're gonna treat it as sexual material, it is absolutely in the Lost Girls vein, the erotic vein. The it's about the senses, not the sex. But uh, yeah, it's every question that they ask in that scene. Got my heart beating with tension because it's like shit. How does this play out? But also a little bit hotter. Every fucking question it mm-hmm. ratchets that shit mm-hmm. up. And we're right now we're addressing a lot of the the sexual aspects of the film, but but it's not it's not a movie about sex. It's not like just it's not like we're the we're we're. Because we started talking about the sex, we've stayed on that train. But this is not... You're not going to sit down to watch like a porno. It's not at all. It's definitely a drama. And it's it's not about the sex. It's about the relationship. Yeah. And it's about how that relationship defies the the cultural norms of the mm-hmm. time and the, the consequences and ramifications of that yeah. relationship. Like... It, we would be remiss if we told you that this whole movie is like a sexy laughing good time It's not This is a hard film It is It really is One of their kids gets beat up at school Because one of the neighbors caught the three of them playing some adult games essentially Like a little bondage scene Like a, they're all dressed up as cops and robbers and nurses And they're mm-hmm. being very playful and fun And that scene is fun You're like oh this is so It's not even that sexy It's just like oh look they're having a good time they're cute. They're It's adults enjoying, playing yeah. dress up And then a neighbor catches them and Who then, walks into their fucking house Like who does that They did that in Valley Girl last night too I watched Valley Girl for the other podcast And there's just a kid who walks into someone's house And goes upstairs and walks into the bathroom And catches someone in the shower And you're like what are what? you fucking doing no. Different time I guess I don't know mm-hmm. But yeah she she catches them in the act And then like a total bitch Apparently, tells like, her husband tells and her, her husband whole family and her whole family. Well, the kids they say the kids overheard us talking about it, and then right. the kids go to school and they beat up one of the Marston's kids because their parents are perverts, or they call the guy calls them freaks, freaks, yeah. calls them and freaks, then and then perverts. They're called sexual deviants. 
Um, the framing device of this film is Professor Marston gets called because he's the creator of Wonder Woman. He gets called in front of like a tribunal of American decency. And it's yes. this woman who's deciding what is good for the children of America mm-hmm. to be exposed to. And rather than just bullshit and lie, where he's like, no, you're crazy. I, I'll, yeah, I'll take the kink out. I don't know what mm-hmm. you're saying. Oh, I guess I didn't see. He tells the truth. And he's like, yes, there is bondage in my comic and here's why it's important he he is true to himself and he's true to his comics and to his work as a psychologist and he i love where he says something about like a simplistic reading will just make this naughty and kinky but if you think about it more deeply same thing with this movie yeah if you watch the movie on the surface it's a hot movie with some dramatic elements but when you dig in damn it does it just keep rewarding you again and again and rip your heart out it tears your heart out the end of this movie is so bittersweet. But uh, before we get to the end of the movie, I wanted the editing. When he's first explaining disc theory to his students and they cut back to him explaining disc theory to the... The board. The board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the woman who determines what's decent or not. Um, From American Horror Story. They, yeah. They, <laughs> they intercut in the middle of sentences. The editing is the cleanest editing of this kind. It's seamlessly edited. He'll be mid-sentence and they'll cut to him in the classroom and he'll finish the sentence. And his ADR'd it? No. No. Because his inflection doesn't even change though. That is Mm, that's a tricky performance. Because you when you you could they could have him do the speech. I what I imagine they did is it's the same speech and he did it twice. Mm -hmm. And then they cut it together. Mm -hmm. But when you're saying like Disc theory is a theory that involves dominance, uh, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And then he does it again in the classroom. He goes, disc theory is a, it's a, and if he changes his performance at all, the editing falls apart. Right. But his inflection is maintained, which means that he ran that speech until he could do it with the same cadence and the same tone perfectly every time that's high level shit way to go luke (laughs) evans fucking a this movie's amazing um damn it how did we get on this (laughs) well there was sexy sex and then there was stuff and then was this movie really just all about the sex for you no no i have a lot of notes actually that are totally not hit me another with another one of yours i've been talking okay um so the depiction of olive for the most part um so she is descended from two very, very famous feminists. Her mom Margaret is a super... Margaret Sanger is her grandmother, right? Aunt. Aunt, okay. Her mom and her aunt are very famous feminists. Um, and I was like, okay, so there's Hippolyta and Antiope. And then she wears those silver bracelets, mm. like in every scene. And then she's got like her hair up in the way that they used to Put draw her. Hair up, yeah. um, and she also has a kind of the like, rounder face that Wonder Woman was drawn with in the very beginning. Now she has more of the leaner, like more angular face, but she was drawn with a very round shaped face in the beginning. And the actress really has that same look. I'm not sure. If, I just don't yeah. know if it was like intentionally like. I, I mean, I know it was intentional, but a it lot seemed almost heavy handed to me in the film. Yes. A lot of I what I liked was a lot of the look of Wonder Woman comes from Olive, but a lot of the behavior and ideals and intelli- a lot of the personality of Wonder Woman as written comes mm-hmm. from Elizabeth. 
So I liked because all I mean, Olive has that like innocence of man's world thing, but yes. Wonder Woman's also like fiercely intelligent and brave and not don't take no shit. We even <laughs> see that you know his wife become Elizabeth becomes a secretary, so Wonder Woman's secret identity is a secretary, right? And he defends she's a strong woman of the world, doesn't need a man to take care of her. Right. That is Elizabeth again. Mm-hmm. So. I liked those touches. It didn't feel heavy-handed to me. The uh, the shape of the actress's face and the drawing of Wonder Woman, I think, would be an accident. Like they're, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it, for me, the the if there was, I didn't find it heavy-handed at all. But I liked the silver bracelets mm-hmm. because you can see Marston seeing the silver bracelets, and when she goes into the bondage club and she has the tiara on, you're like. Yep. He, he literally his whole depiction of Wonder Woman comes from that outfit that moment yep right and what's really fun is when we see that when we see those silver bracelets and we see the hair up a little bit and we're like all of his Wonder Woman oh I get it he d- he made all of Wonder Woman the film is structured in such a way that you first come to the conclusion that Olive is the inspiration for Wonder Woman and then you remember that you guys make the together you are the perfect woman line (laughs) and then like right after we're like oh my god all of his wonder woman we start elizabeth gets a big stretch of film where we focus on her and Mm -hmm. you realize that all the personality came from her the film is structured so that you're like it's olive and then you're like no it's elizabeth and then you realize it's both of them it's a blending he's Mm -hmm. created a character out of the two women in his life and he even originally names her suprema suprema the wonder woman yeah right the the ultimate the perfect woman right i i i didn't grab onto that quite so much oh, I, I just, just thought it was intriguing right that's i'm glad that they cut that the suprema yeah. yeah um one of the things i just i it's one of my notes and i didn't want to skip over it but to jump back quickly to the first time that the three of them all get together um when Elizabeth chases down Olive. Mm-hmm. It's something we talked about in Lost Girls where the characters are consistent in their sexuality. They have distinct things that they like and mm-hmm. they do them. Yeah. But they're all different. They have their own Oh, yes. They, they have their talk about. It's when they when when Elizabeth runs after Olive and grabs her and is like basically like let's I'm into this it's okay Mm -hmm. like I'm giving you permission essentially yeah which is funny because she's the dominant so when Olive goes for it she's like no but when Elizabeth goes for it she's like okay now I'm ready so but uh when Olive goes to kiss her Elizabeth like kind of leans she leans away from it but she keeps the distance close she's not stopping the kiss she's just she's making playing with her she's playing with her she's making it linger she's she's stretching out the moment she's making it last she's she might also be still working through that inner turmoil like i don't think so and here's my evidence it's the exact same way that she we see her kiss her husband when she first kisses marston when he comes into the lab and she's like where do you keep the liquor and she drinks you don't think she is dealing with also some maybe inner turmoil in that situation no not at all because she's way into it when she's like we can't fuck on the table like animals and marston's like why not and then they go for it she's (laughs) into it but like she likes to that's just her her style playful her her style of kissing is like she can yeah the denial she's like i'm controlling this in Mm -hmm, a way mm -hmm. so to see that that's a consistent acting moment where that's how she kisses her that's how she kisses william and when she goes and kisses olive for the first time same thing Mm -hmm. it's it's a unique 
it's it's sexuality as a character it's her sexual needs and preferences and and, and the things that she enjoys as a character mm-hmm. it's not just action kiss her that Right, I love mm-hmm. kissing you because we're girls and it's hot. It's none of that at all. It's Elizabeth is a real person and this is what she likes and that's mm-hmm. what she does. I fucking loved it. Yeah, I loved that. Um, seeing the invisible plane and seeing him play with his kids broke my heart. Oh my god! What? Oh my god! Did I you just not get put, that? No. I even said, "Look, the invisible plane." <laughs> Please kill me. Um, so there's a scene where they give all the kids planes in the backyard because we find out that marston is fascinated by biplanes he loves Mm -hmm. he loves planes this is like world war one era and he thinks they're great and he wants to go for a ride in one when they have that picnic yeah with that great speech when we find out how much olive admires elizabeth yes god but uh the kids are all playing with fake planes and Marston standing there looking awesome in a fucking fly cardigan and his wife hands him a, his, his women hand him a box, his partners. His, okay. I was like his women, his harem. No, but his, uh, it, I want to say his wives, his partners, his lovers, his, his lovers. Wives? Well, it yeah, is wives. wives is almost right. It, Cause it, in, in a, if culture would allow it, he'd marry them both. Yeah. It's, and they would marry each other Right it's fucked yeah. up that they can't But wives feels right Because they are He is basically both their husband mm-hmm. He's their husband They're his wives I'm just going with it I know they're antiquated terms Or whatever But fuck Go it. for it So his wives hand him a box And he opens it And there's a glass plane in it It's Wonder Woman's invisible plane That's mm-hmm. where the idea comes mm-hmm. from In this mm-hmm. film Like you can see where his inspirations come from right. The bracelets yeah. and such And yeah. the lasso of truth Is the lie detector But also the rope that yes. Olive carries when she first gets tied up. Mm-hmm. And when he gets that plane in his hand and he goes, he's just so gleeful. He's it's one of the most beautiful things I've it's it's, it's so cute. It's adorable. And you your heart melts. It's one of the most like heartwarming moments of the film where he goes, hey, kids, look what I got. And he comes out and he just starts flying his plane with him <laughs> and he he literally like reverts to childhood yeah. because of, he's getting to play with his kids but also because marston william marston loves those planes i hope his name is william otherwise this, this is gonna be a weird podcast but he loves planes so much that that's he is able to fall into that imaginative sense of wonder in the same way that it takes like a weird childlike imagination to write these stories and to play go ahead it is william okay w- where like he's a guy who writes comic books for kids and he he's very passionate about what ch- what he believes children should be exposed to he thinks that like like sexuality and sex should not be taboo subjects and like so he's he's tied into that world of childhood and i think in some ways he's still very childlike and it's so it's so it's adorable it's seeing cute. him fly that plane so around cute. he's just like it's not like, hey, kids, here comes your old man. He literally like becomes one of them. He's like, look, I can play too now. I have a plane. It's so <laughs> fucking adorable. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. What do you got? Give me something else that you've got. Because I threw the plane at you. Um, what do you got? I was not even the least bit surprised that the women were attracted to each other and that they were bi. Like the, just the, the way they look at each other in the very beginning of the film, you kind of realize like, um, Elizabeth looks at, um, Olive after seeing her husband look at her 
in the classroom and you realize that she's attracted to her as well. And it just, I was like, yep, this is a perfect thing going on. I about, about Marston and Elizabeth. I think their I love their relationship. Their relation, I'm, my one of my notes that I hit again and again. I just keep writing it down. Is mm-hmm. Marston and Elizabeth's relationship is amazing, mm-hmm. and part of what makes it so amazing is that they are that they are truly equals. There's mm-hmm. never a moment where Marston goes. Like I, I said, I liked this about Wonder Woman when Chris Pine comes over and grabs. Gal Gadot and is like you can't do this And in any other movie she would have been like okay I won't because you're a man and you told me So Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman shoves him out of the way In this movie there's never a moment Where Marston Tries to And you know they say they make the they, They say again and again that he's submissive And when you're looking at the power dynamics of the relationship You can tell that yes right Elizabeth's in charge But he never Asserts his Manhood over women he right. fights Another dude at one point and he is Capable he's I would not say in any way that He's an effeminate man he's a very manly mm-hmm. Man in a lot of ways in this movie Just an intelligent one He can please two women he can please Two women and that fucking mouth breather across the Street can't you know what the worst part is <laughs> as I love this in movies when the bad guy Or the guy you're not supposed to like is so shitty That you hate him but then you realize the actor's probably Pretty nice yeah and you're like I yeah. bet he's a great dude but god damn you hate him And his wife too yeah. You know, like, you, you know, bitch. You, perv- yeah, you, perv- <laughs> I don't want my children exposed to people like you. And you're like, fuck you. And then you're like, oh, wait, you're probably like a super feminist, cool person because <laughs> look at the movie that you're appearing in. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I love that Marston never, he never is like, now that's enough, Elizabeth. I've had it up to here with you. And like, right. he never asserts male dominance. He asserts, he definitely asserts person dominance where he's just where she's an equal and he believes that she's incorrect so he'll propose something different or he'll uh, make a different suggestion or he'll even occasionally like assert himself where he's like this is what we have to do but it's never this is what we have to do and you have to listen because I'm a guy yeah he never tries to subjugate her never never not even once to anybody he's in a fucking weird way (laughs) William this character this this portrayal of William Marston I'm so I'm so their their relationship appeals to me so much because I think that in a weird way it's an idealized relationship. It's true yeah. equality and true respect and no one ever sets like stamps their foot down and says, "Well, I'm your husband and this is what we've got to do." Right. And conversely, there's never really a moment where the where one of the women is like, you know, like, "Well, I'm your wife or I'm the mother of your children right. blah blah no blah one, nothing like that there's never any like weird coercive wielding mm-hmm. of, there's never any blackmail there's never anything like that that like well or, I'm, or um exertion of power right there's I'm, power exchange but not a wielding of power and people use the power that's <clears throat> inherent to them but they're there there are no bullies in this relationship right. It's a good way to put it. Um, even even the breakup, even when Elizabeth tells Olive that you know, like you've got to go, we can't, we can't, you know, like you're not, I can't have our children living like this, and you must leave. And they, she breaks up the triad mm-hmm. for a period of the film. Um, even then, Olive doesn't say 
Well, I guess we've seen that all Olive and and William are both more the not submissive in like BDSM submissive, although they are both that. We see everyone top in the sex sex scene. Yeah, yeah. But in the power dynamics of the relationship, Elizabeth is clearly the the alpha, the dominant mm-hmm. person. So Olive doesn't go like, "I have three children with your husband. You can't just kick me out of your house, right. bitch," because she's because it's a relationship. And everyone has their say, and everyone's opinion matters. And Elizabeth, who is acknowledged to have kind of run this thing, is saying something. And Olive realizes that Marston won't won't stand up to Elizabeth. He begs Olive not to go. Right. But ultimately, it, oh another God. part of this scene. I love his relationship with the boys, with the sons. Yeah. Yes, he's just he's tender and gentle. What really breaks my heart about that scene is Elizabeth's not there. She stands on the steps. She stays right? far away from yeah. the scene and doesn't. That's engage. kind of her place. Is like that kind of separate at a distance. And but one of the other things about that is the last. Well, I mean, they spoilers. Well, the whole movie's been this whole podcast been spoilers, but they ultimately do get back together again mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. But when Olive's first child is born that oldest son the first oh God, the first person scene. we see holding him is elizabeth and we don't even see her all, we don't see olive him. hold her own baby at all we assume that she has but elizabeth is holding her and marston's standing there looking so proud mm-hmm. and his two wives i'm gonna call them wives they're wives Do it. his two wives the two mothers of this child both look so proud and everyone mm-hmm. looks proud and no one's like ugh can't like you had a baby with another human i'm so jealous everyone is proud and everyone's a parent in that scene and there's not even that uh, we talked about this in person and we don't agree but i think that a lot of the things going into that scene are that elizabeth couldn't have a child and that's why they haven't had one yet there is it yeah i i, I guess she, it, she eventually has does three kids but Elizabeth ends up having one. I know she has three kids though before Elizabeth has right. one. Right, and we know it's not for lack of trying because we've been watching this movie. Right, but um, and it's not like they had birth control just hanging not around. Not really, although they do talk about birth control in the movie. Right. Um, and I think part of the like the tenderness of that scene and the like the joy and the radiance and the pride in that is that this isn't her biological child, but she still but before gets to care for this child. Right. It's still her child right but before we get too far away from the point i was trying to make was she's the first one to hold that boy but when the relationship is breaking up the last one to hold that boy is william Mm, it is william hugs him goodbye and i love that um, elizabeth is standing at a distance that that tenderness and the male affection isn't um portrayed in a negative way it's just and a very they, natural very comfortable thing and which would have been weird for that time they don't Extremely. treat it there's there's a there's the gruff like father-son hug where it's like well i'll be seeing you dad Ooh, hug all right we're men hmm. you know like th- there's the the brusque man hug you know that exactly what i'm talking mm-hmm. about right yeah you do yeah okay these this hug here it's not like all right, we're all going to keep our feelings locked down, and it's sad that we're leaving, but here's a hug, father, and then he gets in the car. That's not it at all. It's Mm-mm. he's emotional, his dad's emotional, and they share a moment. And there's and no- it's allowed. It's allowed, and there's nothing strange about it. And what's the best part is, is seeing that there's nothing weird about it. You're like, oh, why do we always see the brusque dude hug? When This is fine. This is perfectly And in that acceptable. time period, that would have been extremely strange. 
like men didn't show emotion like that well, fa- yeah. and especially with their children it's they weren't not, like close with their children I don't think it's strange in like a like a like a oh gross now there's now he's hugging his boys but yeah it's that emotional thing it's not like it's not like hugging your son would be taboo but to hug your son in, in like an affectionate way might have seen been seen as like weak or I, something yeah like that. I, I agree with you but Although, I also think that physical affection was n- between fathers and their children was not right. as much a thing as it is now it's they were much more like the head of the family the patriarch to be like he the son even calls him sir at one point and i thought that was weird yeah but it, you know it's a product of the times right the, the dressings of the time are there mm-hmm. so but then again watching tom brady kiss his kid on the mouth for 10 seconds is pretty fucking that's weird that's upsetting yeah that's something else we've all got we're not going to talk about it we've all got our lines but yeah like i i think uh, i think the way that that scene was treated that goodbye scene was treated is is amazing and then at, right after that scene when we there's a basically a montage of we don't really see olive olive fades away because our our pov character obviously is professor marsden so that gray existence that they live mm-hmm. it's super subtle but when we what we've seen previously is a a montage of them all living together and seeing how well that three person that triad works i hate that fucking word i'm no don't be mad at me i'm allowed to not like words but to see that that relationship how it works with three people how happy they are as a family how much they're enjoying their time together how no one's jealous everything's great and then we see when we see that montage of when we see that montage of olive gone and the house seems utterly empty too quiet very quiet when they're laying in bed they face away from each other with mm-hmm. space even though the be- they could be up against each other but they're not they're facing away from each other Mar- we see marston alone a lot we see elizabeth alone a lot and i think that the color grade actually like Gets mutes cooling. the palette mm-hmm. they cool down the palette and you lose that rosy nostalgic sepia toned world that we've been seeing that bright vibrant life is gone well did you notice when um she, they are in the hospital and um olive is coming back and they to have that conversation about will you come back with us right um come back to us to us yeah um she's wearing a pale yellow dress she's olive bringing is. that goldenness back mm-hmm. she's, she's bringing the light back she's a ray of sunshine yeah. yeah in a way she's the light she's almost angelic in that scene too when she comes back when when elizabeth when elizabeth fall uh, is is asking for her back and she's doing it in the f- we've seen elizabeth how she talks and acts she's very consistent throughout the film she's flippant she's off the cuff she's um there's a sense almost of like oh, all right i'm going to say it but i can't believe you're making me say it like it, it's not so much that it's like she's there's like a sense of like consternation that she has to do this or like like I'm aggravated. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Will you take us back? I'm sorry. And Olive goes no. Mm-hmm. And rather, and Elizabeth's just like oh, well. And Marston's like no, you that's not good enough, Elizabeth. You have to relinquish fucking control. Mm-hmm. And she you tri- can't be dominant all the time or something. What and she say? tries again. And she's like, she's like. 
please, like, fine, please, Olive. I just, I, I made a mistake, and, and Olive's still like, that's, it becomes nonverbal again. Mm-hmm. Olive doesn't say no. She just, you can just tell by the way that the actress is carrying herself that this isn't cutting it. And Marston says, "Get on your knees." And he kneels, and he, he kneels. takes Elizabeth's hand, and she puts her other hand over her face, and she's like wrestling with this. Yeah, it's so counter to her character and to her not her character and like character in the film but the character of that human being mm-hmm. her principles it's so against the grain of what she is i can talk you can let her in that she um that she it, this would be like the ultimate i don't mean degradation in the extremely negative sense but i mean that this would be an absolute submission to a loving authority this is the epitome of Marston's disc theory. Yes. She is unhappy because she has not submitted to the thing that will make her happy. Right. And in this moment, she has to, it's the hardest thing she's ever done. You can tell she has to give in to this authority. And when she hits her knees and asks for forgiveness, you truly, asks truly asks for forgiveness. For forgiveness. Well, yeah, where she it's not even asking for for forgiveness. It's almost acknowledging it's almost acknowledging Olive's importance in a way. Oh, 100%. Or like acknowledging that though I am and have been the controlling force in this relationship, Olive, you are I you are an indispensable part yep. of this unit. Mm-hmm. And if without you, this unit is incomplete and she even says like I like n- not like we can't live without you, but in, mm-hmm. without saying we can't live without you, we can't live without you. Right. And Olive, there's a fun little moment of relief of tension where Olive says, "I want a new stove." Oh my god, I laughed so hard. It's it because because the scene has you're you're sitting there like with your breath just in your your heart in your throat mm-hmm. and you're not breathing and you're waiting like please God Olive take them back it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful relationship and you were also happy and they the filmmaker and the screenwriter the same fucking person um, Robinson gives us just a, a lets out a little bit of that air mm-hmm. where she's like I want a new stove two of the burners don't work and blah 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 and Marston smiles so big and he goes we can get a new stove <laughs> he's he knows what's happening and he's yeah. like this is it, it it's she makes a couple of demands master but i won't even get into specifics because i do too i do the the subtle acting thing too often but masterful performances yeah i could watch that scene three times and just watch Mm -hmm. one actor each time because no one is phoning that shit and they are all so brilliant but there's a one line i know i'm thinking about it and i'm probably gonna cry She says, I want a new stove. And she's like, and I want you guys to take the kids on weekends so I can have some time to myself or to read a book or go for a walk. And they're They're exhausting. Yeah, they're exhausting. And she's like, we can do it. And then she looks directly at Elizabeth and she says super quietly, she says, and I want you to love me for all of our days. And Elizabeth starts to cry and Olive starts to cry and Bird starts to cry (laughs) and I'm starting to get choked up. And Elizabeth says, like, yes, I don't even fucking remember what Elizabeth says because we were all just sobbing too goddamn hard to even hear what the movie was saying anymore. But it's I cannot describe to you people at home how incredible this movie is. And you know what's really upsetting is I don't think it got a single Oscar nod. 
That's a crime. It is. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Wonder Woman got like a best picture nomination. This. The reason I love that line so much is that's traditionally what you ask someone during your marriage vows. And this was their moment for that. Right. Because they're not going to have that moment because society doesn't have a space for that relationship. It's he that I love Marston even says it at one point. Um, uh, he says like, it's an unconventional or it's, it's an unusual relationship, but it's ours or something like that, where he, he acknowledges that like what we have is not normal, is not usual. There's another moment later where the Marstons are out with Olive and her fiance and they're playing a fun game. Like what's your true desire? Mm. And, uh, Marston, uh, Elizabeth asks Olive, so what is my true desire? And Elizabeth looks, or um, Olive looks at her, and obviously the fiancé picks up that uh, that something's going on between these two women. And what... What are your intentions towards Well, no, me? no, but Olive says, you know, Elizabeth goes, what's, what's my true desire? Mm-hmm. And Olive says, I think you want to live an unconventional life. And Which uh, could mean so many things for her. But it means something specifically to the those two women in that mm-hmm. moment you can you can see love mm-hmm. it's so hard to to act love or fake love mm-hmm. and everyone in this film plays it so well you believe it every mm-hmm. time every time there's never a moment where you're like where you are kicked out of it because they don't seem to really enjoy each other's company or genuinely love each other it's beautiful this is the best romance this is the best romance i've seen since fur Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Fur will rip your heart oh right out god. too. But this movie, <laughs> this movie is like is like fur to me. Yeah, it's insanely good. It, I think this movie is better. Than we didn't fur. um, we didn't really talk about the the impetus for the taking back scene. Oh, Professor Marston gets cancer. He's cancer, and he knows that he is, is dying. dying. He lives for and a he, while longer, though. Yeah, they have but a, like, he knows him, that the two women need to reconcile right because he they need to have each other when he dies when he dies they will be alone but if they if they reassimilate and form form again their reform their family mm-hmm. when he dies they'll have each other right but yeah he when he leaves the Ugh. board of decency or whatever he coughs and collapses because he's been smoking sexy cigarettes can't do that shit but uh, so he gets lung cancer and he spends two months in the hospital. Yeah, and he's dying. But I don't know what time frame this is. But he, we get the sense that he he is released from the hospital and mm-hmm. Olive does take them back, and they get the rest of his life together. They spend the the remainder of his days together. I know we're not going to make it through the end of this without crying, but they spend the rest of his life together, and then we find out in. I have always loved this in movies when they tell you what happens afterwards with the little like and honestly um, if we can go back just a second that scene in the hospital where he has the glass plane again and it's flying against the window pane I thought that that was going to be his metaphorical dying I thought that that was going to be what they used instead of like the the glass plane in heaven or whatever that would have been beautiful I I like how they did it instead though which I guess you know kind of was it was foreshadowing that foreshadowing his yeah yeah god what a be what beautiful imagery though seeing that glass plane fly against the sun through mm-hmm. the through the glass is yeah. just gorgeous 
But, I, um, I think the end was still handled well with the three of them walking away from the camera in Central Park. Right, right. And uh, we find out that Marston passes. It was Central Park, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Oh, no, there's supposed to be a Boston. No, I think it's New York. New York? Yeah, because okay, that's, where, that's where DC Comics was located. Um, until they relocated to the West Coast because that's where what all the, the movie. Fuck? Yeah, man. <laughs> New York pride. Waste of time. Yeah, didn't your movies aren't panning out. If this had been a DC movie, I would have immediately jumped ship and been like, DC knows what they're doing. But no, it wasn't. So in the end, we find out that they, they the three of them lived together until Marston passed. We find out that uh, America and like the weird, stupid, fucking prudish Puritans wrecked Wonder Woman forever until... Gloria Steinem until Gloria Steinem was like we need to recognize what what this character is mm-hmm. and it reinstated her superpowers and uh, now Grant Morrison has reinstated the the kink metaphors he put all that back in mm-hmm. he put all mm-hmm. the bondage and he he's really familiar with disc theory because he's a, he knows everything because he's a god and Grant Morrison's yep. the best yep, he is. and he re reintegrated her power set he reintegrated psychology into it mm-hmm. so he's his run is true like we've come full circle Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is now serving her in his comic has served her purpose again and we find out that olive and elizabeth lived together for the rest of their lives they stayed together until olive passed and elizabeth lived to be a hundred years old and we cried (laughs) yeah we cried and we cried um yeah i i've got nothing else all i've got is go and watch this movie go and watch this movie watch it yeah i have one final note what's your note um this film just made me feel so validated in what way as a woman as a a feminist bi woman Mm -hmm. as a feminist i just oh it just was like yep people are doing this and it works and Here's proof that being bi doesn't make you like a homewrecker or incapable of loving. This movie, the way that I came out of this film was when I, when you watch Wonder Woman, it feels like a movie for a certain person. It's a movie that's a... Um, that's, Aimed at young girls? Well, it's a movie that's trying... Yeah, a movie for young girls, a movie that's trying to be a, f- a feminist film... That is like yeah, it's like feminist TM or something. Right, feminist TM. But watching this movie, this movie is the feminist film. We both agree it's the feminist film that we wanted Wonder Woman to be. But I had a place in it too. This was not a movie just for young girls or just for rah rah feminist women's march people. This was a movie for everyone. This is a movie that right. Well, part of his purpose in creating wonder woman was to create boys who are feminists and could submit to women right and it's and and not and when we say when, when we're talking about disc theory he does realize at one point that bdsm is a good metaphor for his psychological theories but when we say submit to women he's not talking about it in a sexual way his submission is more it's more about equality than it's not his yeah. theories are not about sex. So when he when we say that he wants to create boys who will submit to women, he's not like some kinky right, weird pedophile right. guy. He, what he what we're saying is And we also is, don't mean submission in the negative way that submission is usually portrayed. 
No, it's it's allowing it's not constantly railing against everything because you're so certain of your own power. It's allowing yourself to concede control to a loving authority that you respect when it's wise to do so. It's right. a, it's not it's destruction of your ego. It's not being like, well, you know, maybe we we should probably pay our power bill. Well, fuck you because you said we should pay it and I don't think we should it's it's right. you know, it's It's an ex- it's a Positive exchange of power. Correct. I in, think it's about res- in interpersonal relationships. Completely divorced from sex, it's about respect. Interpersonal. Right. It's about se- it's about um, it's about equality. It's about respect. It's about being being uh, logical and comfortable and and egalitarian in mm-hmm. a weird way and and treating everyone as not yeah treating treating everyone as equals and and it's. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And what I like about what I loved about this film is that everybody has a place in this film. This is a film for everyone. This is not. It doesn't demonize men. It doesn't demonize men. It doesn't. It's it's not feminism TM. It's capital F feminism. In the best sense of the word, it's it's beautiful. It's powerful. And everyone has a place in this film. I left this film feeling amazing, and you left this film feeling amazing. Well, well, sobbing, destroyed, <laughs> sobbing, completely broken by broken it. down. I'm ready to submit to my to watching this movie again. My whatever authority, my loving authority, loving authority. Well, <laughs> that's all I've got for this. Do you have anything else? No, I don't. All right, we're running slightly long, so I'm not going to do any housekeeping. Jesus. I know, and we're not going to cover Lost Girls. We'll do another episode, like right now. We'll just go read two short box oh, comics okay. and do a regular one. All right. <laughs> um, should we include um, our new Patreon subscriber thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we are a listener-supported podcast. Ooh, give me five. High five. Finally, yes. my God! After years, we're 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 a listener-supported podcast. <laughs> um, so we're a listener-supported podcast, and uh, if you wanna, if you like what we do, you like the discussions we're having, and with the show will always be free and always appear on iTunes for you every week. So just subscribe, yep. and you'll always get our content. But if you wanna get some bonus content, which we qu- haven't quite figured out what that's gonna yeah, be yet, yeah, we haven't figured out for this show yet, but yep. it's coming. We're gonna figure something out. We have a couple fun ideas. Um, but if you think that we deserve a couple of bucks for what we're doing and you'd like to contribute to the the hosting the fees hosting. of the podcast mm-hmm. to keep the lights on in the studio you can head over to patreon.com slash max peterson all the info's there the reward tiers are there as of right now just assume that anything that says measuring flicks can also apply to chapman and robin um we'll give you shout outs on the show and we have a couple of shout outs to give on this show we do do you you i always take them you go for oh. the first couple First two, John and Casey. Okay. Long time supporters. We love them. Thank you guys. Yeah, they're absolutely. <laughs> Brit- I'm sorry. Oh, Brett's crying now. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I have to shout out, even though he hates when I shout him out. Um, I won't shout him out on Measuring Flicks because he's in that fucking podcast. But right. Carl Hartley is contributing as well. And he's mm-hmm. keeping the keeping the the, ch- the chatter going over here in the chat That's cave. True. And I forget the guy, other guy's Connor name. Sweeney, Connor Sweeney, a friend Sweeney. of... 
Carl's and also um, somebody that I went to high school with, but was never friends with. Went to high school with him? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what? I heard the other day, I was talking to someone on the street and I mentioned that Connor Sweeney supports our podcast. And they're mm-hmm. like, Connor Sweeney, local Connor Sweeney. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, in Midsummer Night's Dream. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, did you know that he climbed Everest faster than any human being has ever climbed Everest? And he did You're it. You're so he did it walking on his hands, and when he got to the top, a religion was founded around him. Okay. So that's that's Connor Sweeney. That's the guy who's helping us out. My, I'm telling you, dude, this is my favorite <laughs> thing. Is just making up <laughs> Connor Sweeney every time we shout him out. It's a blast. Yeah. So when Max shouts Connor Sweeney's name out on Measuring Flicks, he makes some shit <laughs> up about him. So that's what that was. It was not true. Not but. making shit up about him. I'm just telling it like it is. Oh, okay. He's amazing. Okay, anyway, we got to get out of here before this becomes too long to post. You know where to find us. You do know where to find us. Um, so tune in next week. We're going to be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, it came from the short box and our deep dive of Lost Girls. I'm glad we did this Wonder Woman digression. Me too. Though. We got a lot out of it. Yeah. All right, so uh, for Chapman and Robin, I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. Holy podcast, Chapman. Chapman.